Hi and welcome to another episode of the Glam Reaper podcast. I'm your host Jennifer Muldowney aka the Glam Reaper herself who is currently suffering from seriously frizzy hair situation. Thanks America. New York summers. I don't think it's American all around. It's definitely New York summers. Anyway let's move on with the episode. Nobody needs to hear about my dramas. Um, on this episode, we are talking to a gorgeous girl who has been through a fairly traumatic journey herself, um, but has come out the other side and is trying to help others who might have been in the same boat to do the same. So let's take it away for this episode. So hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the Glam Reaper podcast. I'm your host Jennifer Muldowney and we have another exciting episode today. So we have a beautiful girl with a beautiful name Crystal and she is going to share some solace with us with her company Sharing Solace. So it is going to touch a few people but that's what this episodes are all about. So Crystal welcome. Hello hello. No, so nice to see you again. Yes. So, Crystal, I met you at the women's, the NFDA women's conference in Miami. Yes. Where I seem to announce to everybody that I burned my tushy, which is a classic. If anybody knows, has ever met me in any realm of, of sun holiday, I always seem to burn my ass cheeks. But anyway, that is not what we were there to do. Um, we, it was actually, it was such a brilliant conference. It was my first time going and I was obsessed. It was just so good to have so many women in a room like-minded not like-minded like it was great to just sort of hash things out with people who taught thought totally different to you um but that's how you and I met and actually I believe it was uh you overheard my accent from across the crowded room um <laughs> hilarious and um but in all seriousness though what is it that you do um and because I know you'd spoken you stood up and spoke um at it was a pretty harrowing conversation we were having um and so yeah tell us about sharing solace yeah well and your um, journey yeah so yeah. i did hear you from across the room and i was like i don't care what you're saying i just have to listen to you <laughs> well thank you i appreciate that <laughs> you could talk yeah, about anything and i'm just like oh, I'll just read, girl. <laughs> read a book maybe that's what i should do for this podcast just read books yeah oh ooh, that's a good one yeah mm. I'm from the Midwest, so I have the non-accent accent. <laughs> like I've been told that people come to the Midwest to learn to not have an accent. Wow, really? Like no, all the, I want to say podcasters, but not podcasters, like newscasters and stuff. There's really? a lot of, yeah. They come to just sort of neutralize their accent. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't think I need to neutralize mine no. anymore because I feel like it's neutralized enough without losing the good stuff. Yeah. I, I was home recently and my dad nearly killed me because I said trash. Yeah, we call it, you. It's, if you've got rubbish, like a can or something, it's rubbish, mm -hmm. it's not trash, it's rubbish and it goes in the bin. It's not trash that goes into a trash can. So he nearly popped, <laughs> I can't ever lose. I will always say vitamins, never vitamins, tomatoes, never tomatoes. Like there's certain things, the rest of it I can... You know, I can still, I can say 2.30 and he doesn't give out to me too much. But, <laughs> but so the Midwest, wow, that's, I never knew that. That's crazy. I mean, so that's, that's the rumor I've heard. I've never actually like looked it up yeah. or anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know quite a few people from Fox News. So now I'm going to inquire. <laughs> I'm going to be like, put out like this. That's really interesting. 
but that's not what you do. Um, that's not your journey. So your journey, it's a tough one, but um, I feel like there's a lot of people out there who've gone through it or going through it currently. And it's something that needs to be broadcast. Yeah. Um, so my journey started in 2010. I was 32 weeks pregnant with my first child, Madeline Elizabeth, and went in for a routine ultrasound and heard the words that no one should ever have to hear. Something's not right. I'm going to go get the doctor. And, you know, I, I mean, 10 years ago, I could have spouted off all the medical jargon and all the everything. Um, but we found out that we were not going to have a happy, healthy baby. We didn't know exactly what that meant or what it looked like, but we knew, you know, all parents say, oh, I just want happy and healthy. Like literally that's all I wanted was happy and healthy. Um, so at 36 weeks, I gave birth uh, through emergency C-section to my daughter, Madeline Elizabeth. Um, she lived for eight beautiful hours and then she died in my arms the next day. Yeah, obviously I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And also I think it's made me a more human human. I'm better. I'm more compassionate. I, you know, like all the, I, I don't want to say happier cause that's, I'm a different kind of happy. Yeah. You probably find happiness in the moments, the small moments. Yes. You're probably a lot more present than people are today. I, at least I try to be. Yeah. I do think experiencing death and I know people working with death, it, it really does. It, it touches you in, I don't want to say it sounds weird to say it touches you in parts that you never knew you had. Um, it's, it, yeah, it just, it makes life, it shows life in all its delicacy and how precious it really is. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I can't even, I I can't even imagine. I mean, eight hours. And did you know you'd have eight hours? No, we, um, we didn't know anything. We knew she could be stillborn. We knew she could survive and, you know, we knew nothing. We just knew that long-term she wouldn't make it very long. Was that hours, days, weeks, months? We didn't know. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's a lot being 12 years past that point. I've found a lot of silver linings in it. Um, you know, there's nothing good about that situation there. And also I'm lucky that I had two weeks from the time I found out to the time she was born, you know, I'm, I could go on and on about all the yeah. things that I found several linings in. And it's, it's so hard to say in the moment. Um, it's so there's a friend of mine who was going through a divorce and um, when it, she was really raw, um, it came to her as a complete and utter shock. And, and I remember her actually say, I mean, she went through a very, very dark time and 
she at one point said, you know, I nearly would prefer if he died because it just would have made it easier. Whereas this is just, he's gone on living, rejecting, you know, it's just, it's her whole world turned upside down. But um, what I'm getting to is that it made me laugh. We'd laugh about it now, but at the time, you know, she was going through it and like so many people and so many families and friends that I come across who want to help that's you know and that's really what it comes down to human beings just trying to help and when somebody has gone gone through a loss that is incomprehensible you're just trying to do everything you're grasping at straws and I know there's a lot of people out there that are kind of you know standing on these hills of well don't ever say this to a grieving person don't do this and don't do this and don't do this and don't do this and I'm like oh I just I don't want us to get too I don't want us to get too afraid to do anything and I remember and because I, I, I will hold my hands up I've messed up in many ways you know with my grieving friends yeah yeah it's just it's you're trying your best you're trying your best and it, it, it's whatever way it's received but um in this case of my friend, um, you know, I started being like, look, he wasn't the guy for you. This is happening for a reason. You know, this was wrong. This was wrong. And, you know, I was trying to be sort of pull her out of this dark hole that she was just digging and digging, and digging further down. And I was obviously scared I'd lose her and stuff. And but I just remember we laugh at it, as I said now, but I just remember turning around and be like, Jen, I do not need positive poly right now. I do not need positive poly. And she was like, I love you. I And I was like, okay, okay, I'll come back to you in a year. Like as in, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, fridge magnet these for now and I'll come back. Um, And so it's amazing to find those silver linings. It really, like, it really is. And you have to find them in your own time. And again, you know, people offering condolences. And, and I know I've heard some of the worst ones. Why? Well, like at least you have another child and at least. Anything that starts with at least. You start, you, you use those two words, I'm probably going to punch you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, and the, you know, again, it's like people are just trying, but it's like, sometimes I do just want to be like, just try harder or just say nothing. I mean, honestly, I found in working with grieving families, honestly, say nothing, say nothing, just hug them, hold their hand, just stand beside them, like whatever it is, bring food, bring booze. I mean, you know, some, that, that's questionable, Depends. I know. <laughs> As an Irish person, I'm like, eh. Yeah. Um, I'd appreciate that. Hey, but, I'm um, Swedish. So yeah, I'm just like, eh. And a little German. So I'm like, vodka, well, here, beer, you bring no, it, I'll drink like, it. It's like, don't bring a lot. Like, don't, don't make it a thing. But like, you know, sometimes it helps. Um, but it's, it's about facilitating them to be able to talk about it if that's where they want to talk about it. So, you know, I've met families who there was a gorgeous uh, couple I worked with who they'd only just gotten married and he got terminal cancer. I mean, he was gone within a month. It was just heartbreaking. And actually, I just did a service this morning, as I was saying to you, and they were an 80 year old couple. And at the end of it, I was bawling, crying. Now, I wasn't r- ridiculous, but I was like you know i couldn't keep the 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 the, the tears um i couldn't keep them in in the tear ducts <laughs> um and i said i'm really sorry i said i just i am a sucker for a love story like i just people that find each other i and 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 have been together for 70 years and stuff i'm just and then one of them loses the other i'm like oh my god i can't even cope and here with this particular couple they'd only had a year together i mean it was heartbreaking and they were so in love and it was just so amazing and they were just oh so beautiful but it it actually I had a conversation with her one day and you know I'm single and she just turned around she was like Jen I really hope 
you even get what I got. She said, I'm so grateful to have had that year with him. She said, I know how lucky I am. And I've shivers now. I know. I was just like, <sighs> it's, I just said to her, I was like, wow, that is, that takes such great, I, I, such courage to just, to know that, like, that's such a, a incredible thing to be able to say in that moment of, of loss, you know? And so, like, even for you to be able to say, I had two weeks to process and all the other silver linings that you maybe found. And and I'm sure one of them is your, your now business. So you're now supporting others. So tell us about that. Like, what, how did, how did losing her and and how long did that take you know into moving into and and how did you come how did you find your way yeah um so I was in a very dark place for a very long time as I think most people are like I don't say that to be like mine was the worst I really believe that if you have something traumatic that happens to you you end up in a dark place for a while yeah um and so I actually was I, I tell people I was living my life waiting to die for like five years um, because of Madeline. Th- there were so many hurdles and things that we, you know, we'd, we'd get a silver ray of light and then something else would happen. And um, to this day, Madeline is our one and only child. And that went into the grief and the guilt and all of those things. And so that's, I mean, I don't want to say it was all Madeline, but it was all Madeline. Like I was really, really in a dark place for five years. And then one day, almost like five years to the day, um, I woke up and I was like, okay, I either need to fish or cut bait here. I'm either going to live or I'm going to die. Cause I don't mind making myself miserable. Like that's the life I've chosen for myself. But the people around me, I'm making them miserable and they don't deserve that. Um, and almost instantly, like a bolt of lightning, the concept of sharing solace came to me. And I really, really believe that it was Madeline up there saying, mom, it's about freaking time that you got over your pity party. Let's do this. Um, and I, I said, okay. <laughs> All right. Fine. You gotta get through it though. <laughs> you know, like, like any mom to a five-year-old would do. Yeah. Like, fine, whatever. Yeah. Ugh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it came from. That's where sharing. Uh, I, and I honestly believe that it's all her doing. Wow. Because I'm not smart enough. I'm not creative enough. Like, this is her saying, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. I'm just the puppet doing what yeah. I'm told. <laughs> as woohoo as that sounds. Well, I mean, yeah, the, look, there's people going to be listening to this that won't agree with that. And there's pe- I, I, I meet them all. I meet all different types. But, you know, I can tell you this. Every family I work with, whether it's as a celebrant or a memorial planner, 
there's definitely signs. Now, whether you believe it's a spiritual thing or it's just coincidental and you're you're honed into things, honestly, to me, I'm like, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't really. It's just like like even a small thing. And I was laughing with the, the guys that did the service with today. Uh, small thing but I was wearing a green dress today like that was it that was what was happening right I had it laid you know I had it laid out and for whatever different reasons uh, you know things that happened um I put on a I put on trousers put on pants as you guys call them which makes me laugh um <laughs> I put on trousers and a black shirt and that's what I wore instead and when I arrived at the funeral home the 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 bride almost you call her the wife um of the deceased was in the exact same green color dress not even joking and it was his favorite color and favorite dress and i told her i said i was literally going to look you know be a carbon copy in terms of dress and i said some whatever happened you know and and again it was it was things and it was a feeling it was whatever mm-hmm. whatever it was i decided against it and i said that was him telling me, no, 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 you don't get to steal the show from my lady. That to me, I was like, you had to be the, cause she was Irish as well. I was like, you had to be the lady in green. That was, that was, that was what was happening. And I've had so many just random things. Like I've had, I've been doing a service for a Tiffany and breakfast at Tiffany's, the song comes on and I'm like, what? You know, it's, it's, and I haven't heard that song in maybe two decades or however old it is, you know, it's, it's crazy things like that. So I'd well believe that she's guiding you and, you know, people can think it's woo, whatever. Honestly, I, the way I look, I say, I don't care. Like if you don't believe it, it's fine. I just know the things that happen and surround me. And there's an incredible book called The Signs that actually tells you about all of this and how to hone into it and stuff. Um, like me and my mom have this kind of random connection about we see 11, 11 and 11 everywhere. And, you know, we text each other. You know, she'll see it obviously five hours ahead in Ireland and text it to me and then I'll suddenly see it. And so we have this kind of, <laughs> we're seeing it four times a day nearly. But, mm-hmm. um, but it's amazing that you took something which I do find actually at the women's conference, I did notice that how a lot of women who weren't born into it came from a place of heartbreak or loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, even myself, I did, you know, came from seeing something that we didn't feel was quite right, didn't fit, whatever it was, or loss or yeah, it was just, there's a lot of, there was a lot of compassion and emotion in the room I felt. And when you stood up, whew, yeah, that was um, because you, as you announced, well, you, you kind of told us all because the following week was Mother's Day. And as you said, well, guys, I don't know if any of you know, which was terrible because we, the industry we work in, um, was that it was National Bereaved Mother's Day, um, you know, and how many of us didn't know about that. So, so what does sharing solace do? What does it provide? What's, what's the support that it gives to people? Um, so we started with... Uh, a locket set I have I'm wearing the necklace because I always wear the necklace <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to we'll get a photo of that and we'll put it up on the yeah. on the YouTube and the idea is that you keep it near your heart as long as it brings you comfort yeah. however long that is and when it starts to not bring you that same comfort it symbolizes that you're ready to release the debilitating grief the, okay. I don't want to get out of bed the living your life waiting to die kind of grief That's when you open up the locket, take out the middle token, put that middle token into a new locket, and you pay that new locket forward onto somebody else you know, 
that needs love and support as they're going along their own grief journey. Wow. And each of these tokens actually has a unique identifier inscribed on the back that allows you to register it on the website and you can follow it as it moves from person to person. Wow. Um, so yeah. And that was all her idea. I was like, that's very cool. So, so you buy this locket mm -hmm. and this token and are there different tokens or there, how does that um, yeah, it, you get to just, you know, like, do you want the round one or the square one? And what word right. do you want inscribed on it? And um, right now we just have one token, but you can twist it in different ways to make it look like what you want it to look like. Oh, wow. Um, and it's just oh. a little like, I look at it and see this is the topsy turvy's ups and downs of grief. You know, so, sometimes you're up yeah. and sometimes you're down and sometimes you're upside down. And the, um, the stages aren't chronological one by one. Let's go through this. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Um, so it's it's very symbolic. And whatever you see in it is what you're supposed to see in it. Right. And so you have it. And once you feel you're ready, not to move on, but you're ready to allow your heart to maybe start healing. And as you said, it's less debilitating you pass it on to somebody else. And so it goes on this little journey. That's amazing. And have you, what's, have you, is there a, a journey, a wild journey you've seen that's maybe traveled all over the world or something similar? Is there? So on the website, you can actually, I call, we call it the token tree, but really it looks more like a spider web. Right. So they all start in the middle and then you can follow it as it goes from person to person. And wow. so you'll see like me, <laughs> I've actually had several because I, I get one and then I pass it on and then someone gets one and they give it to me and then I pass it on. And right. so you have all these ins and outs. Um, it's just, you know, and you can read other people's stories and you can share your story and whatever you want to. Um, but there's just something very powerful about being able to visualize that you're not alone. Right. I was just about to say, it's really not about the physical token. It's about the support circle that it is. And the it's a tangible thing to say, you're not in this on your own. And we got you. Yeah. And is there is there a part where, or maybe a future part where it will become sort of support groups? Um, can people connect with each other? Is that a, is it almost, I don't say like a Facebook, but is there a, is there a part of that? Yeah, I mean, there again, it's not a Facebook. It's not yeah. intended to be a Facebook. Um, but you can connect with other people that share a similar story or, um, you know, you're just intrigued to learn about. Um, yes, there's definitely, we don't have traditional support groups, you know, like yeah. every other Thursday we meet. And, yeah. Um, yeah. But at any point in time, you can go on the website and find a story and reach out to that person. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's so heartbreaking that it sort of has to even be a thing, but it's great that there's people out there like you and Madeline really, um, you know, creating this and sharing, sharing solace. Like it's, you know, yeah. Just passing, passing it on and holding, holding hands in some way. How far has it traveled? Has it left the U S the spider web <laughs> so i know for a fact it has right 
but the website doesn't show that, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure probably not everybody logs in and right. tracks and does all of that. I found sort of that stuff. only like 30 or 40% of people actually log, it log in like right after they get it. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, I think it's, there's, they just want to know that you can. Yeah. It's, but sure. It's like probably a lot of things. Yeah. Um, Like I've even, you know, I sign up to and I think, oh, that's a great idea or whatever, but I never actually get around to. Exactly you know, making it happen or whatever that might be. So all the time. (laughs) Fantastic. Now, have you, do you um, yourself speak with any of your clients about their stories? um, And what does that do for you um, in terms of like, does that weigh heavy on you? Do you, are you taking other people's grief home with you? I mean, I get asked that all the time myself. So you know, it can be hard to be that empath and that absorber, that sponge of everybody's grief. It's great to offer it to be that service, but you need to self-care is is huge. Self-care is huge. Yeah. Another way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love to hear other people's stories. And in a convoluted way, I love to share my story because I think it encourages others to share their story. Yeah. Um, And not a lot of people get to share their story of love and loss in a meaningful, not Debbie Downer way. Yeah. You know, I mean. Body positive, but not Debbie Downer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I love to talk about Madeline. Yeah. And people that understand that want to hear about it. But if I go, you know go and meet someone new they always ask me well how many kids do you have or tell you know and then it's like well one and she's dead yeah and then all of a sudden the the air has been pushed out of the room yeah and i don't necessarily want to do that to other people but i also want to say her name yeah i know that everyone that has experienced a loss does the same thing that's it it's so Honestly, it's one of the things I actually end nearly all of my funeral services with is to say their name is because it's the one thing, especially early on in my career, I heard a lot of people saying is that, you know, everyone's here for me in this week and, you know, he's passed away and everyone is all around me. But a year from now, nobody, you know, that people become afraid to bring up their name and afraid that they're going to pick that scab of grief. But like the scab is always there and it's always bleeding and it's just always going to be um now at the um nfda at the women's conference we did speak about we were obviously talking about the loss of of children child and and sort of the problem that it is for funeral homes um i was definitely my eyes were opened in so far as the lack of supplies i don't want i mean it sounds a bit odd to sort of say but the lack of like a basic like child child sized caskets and things um and i was i was kind of blown away with how unprepared funeral homes were i mean i was kind of shocked i was like why why are we having this conversation it's 2022 like what is why are we still having this conversation like you don't have i mean i i know you never want to be doing a child's funeral especially of small you know that size but i was like how's this not something that you're thinking about and uh, it was great then to see the ideas and obviously I think because it was a women's conference there was a lot of mothers there and so there was a lot of 
interest in that but to be honest I was as I said I was kind of shocked and horrified and I also thought to myself this needs to be at like the actual NFDA convention like they were mind-blowing really um that it took people having to suggest to other people oh you can you know um use their bassinets and and Mm -hmm. and you know their the their things and their swaddle them in in their blankets that they um what did you choose to do with madeline if i may ask absolutely um so i don't remember exactly how it came about my father-in-law is a woodworker and makes beautiful things and he said i've always wanted to make a coffin can i make madeline's coffin oh god and honestly, I don't know if it was because we couldn't find it because at that point, like hormones are raging and emotions and yeah. grief brain. And and I honestly don't know if it was we couldn't find one. And he's like, OK, let me do this for you. Or if he came to us, you know. Um, but so my father-in-law actually made her a beautiful little coffin. Oh, Um and it just oh so meaningful to me and honestly i don't i mean like i vaguely remember and i've seen pictures of it but like actual memories not really yeah yeah um so we had we had a full catholic service for her wow and and then we had her cremated okay um because I felt like this is an infant. Yeah. My Madeline is my daughter and she needs to be with her mom. Grandma and grandpa and, you know, people, adults can take care of themselves. An yeah. eight hour old infant needs to be with her mommy. Yeah. And so we had her cremated um, and she lives on my dresser. Oh. And I say goodnight to her every night. Oh. And like when I was in Miami, um, I showed up a couple days, you know, I, I showed up for the conference. And then a few days later, my husband came and joined me so that we could spend a couple more days. In. Nice. So while I was in Miami and he was here, Madeline was at home. And then before right. he got on the plane, Madeline went to grandma's house. Wow. Because Madeline is 12 and 12 year olds cannot stay home alone for four days. Oh gosh, bless you guys. <laughs> and, and I know that that, you know, some people are like, are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Um, but it, we've done it's... that for 12 years. She comes yeah. with us and if she can't, she goes to grandma's. Yeah. And it's. But who, yeah. I mean, to I don't me, care it's... what people think to be perfectly well, honest. This it, is what I yeah, do. To me, it's it's wild that anybody should even have an opinion of it because why? What is it to you? Like, feck off and mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's become my new phrase. Mind your business. Yeah. It's my business. Mind your you business. Mind. Because if you minded your business, it'd be in a lot better shape than, you know, yes. <laughs> like literally, if people literally looked after their own shit, um, like it's whatever gets you through, you yeah. know? That's why, I mean, these these grief support and grief 
there's so many people out there that are are changing the game for grief for sure um and some in super positive ways and that's what i just don't want it to get don't 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 right. and don't right to, but i do love the narrative of you do you like whatever gets you up in the morning gets you out of the house gets you sharing business supporting others like mm-hmm. i you know it's it's whatever your faith is whatever your belief is i mean you know as long as you're not hurting anybody else then mind your business right <laughs> you know that's exactly um, how i see it too like yeah so you know like what's for you what even when it comes to memorials and my services genuinely I'm like what's you know sometimes when I'm talking to families and it's why I'm such a big fan of a pre-plan actually because I feel like then it's black and white it's this is what you know Crystal would have wanted this is what Jennifer want not even would have this is what she wanted it written here um you know and you've got siblings that are fighting and and sometimes I have to intervene and I'm like listen what's for you isn't for her what's for her isn't for you like it's stop uh, you know stop attacking and start thinking about I know they say like a funeral is for the living um I'm on the fence I personally feel like it's both it's for the living and the dead um yeah because it's supposed to fully represent the deceased like if it's all just about the living then go off and I mean then what like I don't I don't really understand that aspect fully um and I know there was a presentation at the conference that I was yes 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 I'm not going to mention any you know who was what but I was I was agreeing wholeheartedly and then at one point I went oh what happened here I was like wait I don't understand um and it was basically a person saying that they'd had this beautiful secular service but then they found out sort of weeks or months later that the the brother or the sister or a family member wanted a Catholic service or something like that. And this person was saying, oh, we should have done that. And I'm like, why? If that's not what your mother who's died would have wanted, why are you doing that to appease somebody else? Let them go off to mass. Let them go off and do something in their mom's honor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like everyone has their own way of dealing with stuff. But to me, the actual funeral or memorial should be about the person and their connection with everybody, not, you know. I know exactly what you're talking about because <laughs> I had the same reaction. Wasn't it? Was it? Like, it was like, yes, oh. yes. But it also, I never really thought of it that way. Like, yeah, I've always thought it's for the dead. Like, yeah, yeah. But like, completely random story that kind of fits. I ran off to Las Vegas and got married to my husband. Nice. Well, ran off. It, we planned <laughs> it for a year. And then we yeah. ran off to Vegas <laughs> and had a full Catholic mass on the strip in Sin City. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That is amazing. Yeah. I've never heard of that in my life. Yes. I, that had to be original. There's no way. Like I've heard of the Elvis weddings. I've heard of all sorts. Yeah. A full Catholic church. <laughs> We found the one and only Catholic church on the strip. That is hysterical. Because grandmas wanted, I mean, we both grew up Catholic. Yeah. And felt like that's kind of what needed to be done for the family. Yeah. And also we wanted to go to Vegas. And why not? (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. But that's it. 
you know what? And like that's I used to be a wedding planner and I think that's where I just kind of come at it from a different angle, you know, and that's why I think I'm such a fan of pre-planning because I'm like, if you like I say the story a million times and my listeners are probably be like, oh, here we go again. But my poor parents get killed off all the time on this show. But anyway, <laughs> my mom and I sat down and we did a pre-plan. And it was in that moment how valuable I realized pre-plan was because when she dies, I'm going to organize it as her daughter. Well, I'm not now because I have her pre-plan, but I would have organized it as her daughter. Whereas she's my brother's mom, which is a different mom, right? She's a different mom to him because it's just that is, that's what it is. She's a wife. She's a grandmother. Uh, she's a best friend. She's a cousin. She's a, a daughter herself. Like she's a million, she's a neighbor. She's the lady that comes into the post office and has the chats, whatever it is. She's a million different things other than just Jennifer Muldowney's mom, you know? And so that's where I think a pre-plan is so important because otherwise you're left to the next of kin organizing it. Mm-hmm. And it's just from one point of view, you're lucky if you maybe get three people in the room and okay, it's from three different aspects mm-hmm. sort of, but you're still honing in on certain things you think. Like my mom picked Maggie May, um, Rod Stewart. And I was like, what? Your name's not even Maggie. Why would we play that? And she's like, because. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. it. Not my rodeo, not my, um, right. and to me, because of that, her funeral is going to mean something to every single person in there because it's going to represent her. And so that's why it is for the living granted because we take the solace from it. We take away that beautiful thing. We connect in that moment, but it's about her. So it is about the dead. So these people who jump on one side of it, I'm like, I don't, I don't agree. I think there's a very thin line. Like it's a tightrope. Yes, exactly. I do believe that, ceremony and ritual and those things like Dr. Ellen Welfall talks about those are for the living and those are to help you begin to heal and yep. also the person that di- like it was my wedding I'm in charge it is your exactly. funeral you're in charge yeah exactly and if you can't speak from the grave well then a pre-plant will do that for you exactly yeah it's it's yeah it's funny it's funny because I think there were quite a few people at that um show that were like yeah yeah wait what, what? what's happening <laughs> This took it. This took a nasty U-turn. U-turn. What's going on here? I mean, and I think that was kind of the crazy end of the spectrum. Also. Yeah. Like, no, let's go full Catholic. That's it. It was like let's like mom wants pure secular, like doesn't want mm-hmm. anything church, and then oh, but no, two siblings want like what? Yeah, it made and 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 thankfully, mom. I believe from what she said, mom, the mom got what she wanted. Right. Uh, this was more hindsight, and so I was like, I don't really understand that thinking, but okay, you know. And that's, that's what, what a pre-plan is for. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. But that's what I did love about the conference was while it was like-minded people getting together, because to be honest, it was all women, and that even was an interesting. Um, dynamic uh, and I spoke about this with a few people was I've been to the NFDA the annual conventions and I felt very uncomfortable around a lot of females actually to be honest I felt I feel like it's a very competitive environment um, and I was always kind of like oh wow okay um all right and made friends anyway it's fine um but going to the women's conference I felt so supported so everyone wanted to get to know me everyone wanted to you know share their stories it was just so much more connected everything it was just like a totally different dynamic I couldn't actually get over it um and so I'm interested now for the friends I've made going to the NFDA now in October whatever what will that will I be a bit 
will I be different? Will there be a change? You know, um, is there, you know, a reason why when men are around us, we suddenly get competitive? I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm a female. I'm, I'm ready to open my hand up if, if there is. And maybe it's okay. just sort of something because it is, it's a very old white man antiquated industry. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, that's what it is. And so maybe there is a reason, you know, we're kind, we're trying to, clutch on to whatever little bit of territory we've got so maybe when we're in that national everyone is there um annual convention maybe it does get a bit sort of like no I've got to hold on to what I've got you know um I don't know it was just fascinating from a psychology point of view I was just like this is interesting yeah. everything know? changes when there's a big dick in the room I mean well, right, cut that out. <laughs> no totally fine I kept laughing I kept going there's a cock in the hen house remember that one time I was like there's a cock in the hen house why is he here <laughs> no it's it's so true it's it's it was weird and actually at a few of the girls I personally didn't necessarily feel it well I did a little bit and I'll come back to that in a minute but a lot of the girls said they felt a lot safer right I thought that was kind of fascinating Mm -hmm. um and I so I did say that I didn't necessarily feel safer but what I did notice was I was less concerned about my outfit choices so when I go to the NFDA now I usually don't to be honest I'm I'm I'll usually just wear what I want when I you know I'm pretty like sodja you know yeah middle finger to the whatever um but I am conscious like I am day-to-day working in this industry and you know it's out of respect for other people and everything you know I'm making myself sound like an absolute slut but anyway but I'm kind of I'm conscious of you know showing too much leg or too much boob you know and especially when you go on a night out and stuff I didn't feel that that's one thing I definitely noticed like when I went on that well I my burnt arse so it wasn't my choices to what to wear were limited but when we went on that boat I wore a cute dress that kind a cute kind of uh, outfit that you know didn't necessarily you know had a bit of both uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like oh god am I showing too much oh god like there was a safety there I felt um so yeah it was just as I said first time going I just I noticed a lot of interesting things where I was like hmm, okay you know and not necessarily bad things just interesting you know I'm sure when guys all get together there's the same thing for them I did have to laugh I did mention it to a friend a male friend of mine in the industry I said you know I'm going to a women's conference and he was like geez he was like if I organized an all-males conference and I said the irony is not lost on me I am well aware but what I wanted to say was isn't that just the annual one (laughs) you do that every year and have since 1927 or whatever yeah exactly I'm like listen Linda pipe down in the corner mm-hmm. but um no I have to say um fair dues to them um it was really really good I have to say and I will definitely be going every year as long as I can um I felt very I felt like I made great connections I thought um Jodie Dr. Jodie Carrington was incredible speaker I think that's when you you were like I hear because I think I was like I was very excited talking to her at mm-hmm. one point um so yeah I just think if there's any female funeral directors out there listening to this at all or interested in the industry yes go 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 try and you know get on board in some way shape or form because even just and I don't know how open it is to you know non-NFDA members I must actually inquire about that because I think you're not and you were you just bought a ticket they gave me a ticket I got a scholarship oh my gosh even better yeah that's amazing Um, and I think that's the only conference that you can receive a scholarship for and not be 
a few licensed in some like, capacity. Shape or form. Yeah. That's uh, that's good to know because I feel like there's people who are sitting on business ideas or, you know, and female and and just wanting to maybe even just you know dip their toes in or maybe they've got something small and it's only budding in whatever part of the world they're from. Um, yeah, I just think it's great to get everybody together and to bounce ideas off. And as I said, like I didn't agree with everybody; everyone didn't agree with me. But that's not what it's about. It's actually about like hearing other people's thoughts and even those presentations and stuff and you know there were some as I said conversations had where it was like wow Mm -hmm. you know not having the children's caskets and that whole part for me was wild yeah you know I just thought god I'm not a mom I have never had a miscarriage I've never had I've never been pregnant I've never had anything like that hey depending on Uh, who you talk to I'm a mom or not so well yeah it's yeah it's a that's a tragedy to be honest but um it's every woman has their own journey with it you know for me will I ever have kids I don't know you know will and that's just a case of I haven't found the right person and I, I for me for me for my journey I wouldn't go down the IVF you know I wouldn't go down the route on my own the route on my own yeah. um and so it sometimes can be tough in circles where everyone's moms and everyone's talking about da, 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 you know and it's we're all we're all dealing with it in our own different ways and similarly you know when I go home to Ireland or whatever it is it's oh have you not found anybody but you're so lovely and you know then if you are dating with somebody it's like well when are you getting married you know when are you get engaged then when are you getting married then and when, when you have kids when your kids having kids and when are yeah. you- and it's just it is human nature and I guess we have to be a little kinder and more compassionate to the people who do that generic stuff but it can be hard you know it it can hit at the wrong time and I'm sure over the last 12 years in whatever capacity people ask you those bloody stupid questions and you're just like no but thanks for yeah my favorite is have you thought about adoption (sighs) what's adoption I've never heard of it before yeah Yes, you ding dong. Of course I I have thought of it. And it's so bad because it it really is. It's people trying to help. There's a friend of mine who I actually want to get on the podcast, but she moved home to Ireland and I'm still hoping to get her on. But the woman has, she's, she's has twins, two perfectly healthy twins, but she went through rounds and rounds and rounds of IVF and miscarriages and stuff. And she got diagnosed with cancer when the kids were like two. And she's gone through so much with that. I don't know how she still stands. Like, I really don't. She is a powerhouse, incredible woman. But, you know, her Instagram is so funny because it's like she addresses all this stuff like, you know, stop saying certain things to cancer patients. And and a bit like what you just said there, like, stop saying that, da, 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 da. And I think no matter what every person's journey is, there's things that there's a list a mile long of things that irritate them. Will they ever stop? I doubt it because it really is. It's co- people coming from a nice place. Right. It, they just, they just, they're trying to help in sort of the wrong awkward way. And, you know, I think, I think we all just have to be compassionate. And I think again, it's just really being there physically for people and showing up. You don't have, have you to heard of the it. concept of Hanlon's razor. I have not. I'm going to look it up because uh, I, if I don't like read it verbatim, I will mess it up. Mess it up. <laughs> that's like me with, um, I'm terrible with jokes. I have one joke and that's it. <laughs> 
And and once I heard this, I like my mind was blown because it's just snarky enough that it fits my personality. So Hanlon's razor is never attribute to malice that which can be adequately explained by stupidity. That quote is getting put in all of the show notes. That's incredible because that's exactly it. That is. It's like as long as... I learned this a long time ago. If somebody says something mean to you or asks you a stupid question or something like that, it's like, is this about me or is it about them? Is it is this coming from a place of compassion or stupidity? Or like, did they really mean to put a dagger through my heart in what they said there? 99% no, they didn't mean to put a dagger. They might be having a shitty day themselves, whatever it might be. Right. You know, it's, we're all humans at the end of the day. We are flawed human beings. <laughs> so, well, what a positive note to end on. <laughs> we are flawed human beings. That's it. We're done. Glam Reaper is done. Crystal, it has been amazing having you on the show and sharing your story. Thank you so much. We are going to put all of your information down below so that people can reach out if they need. Um, I'm sure there's people listening. Or even listening. just they want. They don't need to. Yeah. They can just want to. Exactly. That's absolutely true. And they may not even be going through anything, but they may just want to reach out and say hi and tell you know you what a wonderful guest you are. I hope that happens actually. Um, so thank you for sharing your story because I'm sure there's somebody out there who it'll sit with and they may, you know, as I say, it can be just a tiny piece of glitter in the room that just sparks a tiny bit of light when you're in the darkness. So that's all we can ever aim for. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and we wish you all the best. So that was Crystal from Solace. Um, I'm sure it touched definitely a lot of people out there who've been through a similar journey as she has. Um, pretty heartbreaking stuff to ever have to go through and I think Crystal is really brave for sharing her story with us and sharing her story and um, through her business so give her some support all the links are below and we look forward to talking to you next episode ciao for now